0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So is it cool if we kind of just get right into it? And what we're going to do is we're going to be sitting down while we read the scripture tonight because we have a lot of ground that we're going to be covering But this is going to be one of those messages where you're going to want to follow along and and take some notes as well. So feel free to get your phone, get your notebook, whatever you have to do. I always encourage you and encourage people to take notes. One of the things that we say in our youth group is uh, note takers are history makers. Um, You know, I I looked into a study. Some, Some people love hearing me say that. Some people say, Caleb, I love whenever you say note takers are history makers. I don't know. But I don't know. I just believe it's true. It's something I've just been brought up in, and I encourage you to do as well. But if you have your Bible, why don't you go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 1 through 5. That's John chapter 15, uh, verse 1 through 5. And before we read that and before we take a look at that up there, um, I just want to say this. Um, the Gospel of John is my favorite from the four gospel accounts that I've read. I love the Gospel of John, um, it, and it's because John focuses heavily on how divine Jesus is and how Jesus isn't just an Ordinary man, but he is a God man. And one of the ways that he conveys this is by quoting the seven I am statements uh, that Jesus gives in the book of John. Um, Jesus gives seven statements where he says, I am, followed with the description of his deity. For example, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Can anybody quote all of them? I am the bread of life. And then he says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the door. Um, He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's six right there. But the seventh I am statement that Jesus gives is he says this. I am the true vine. Somebody say, he's the true vine. Come on, you guys can respond this Wednesday evening. I know you have masks on. Say Let's let's say it again. I am the true vine. That's what Jesus said about himself. So with that being said, let's read this out because Jesus is the true vine. It says this in John chapter 15, verse 1 through 5 we're going to break this down more. It says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So a vine dresser can be equivalent to a gardener. And some people, whenever they read what we just read, where it says that if there's a branch that's not producing fruit, he's going to take it away. Some people take that as Jesus saying that if there's a believer, if there's a follower of his that isn't producing fruit or being fruitful, that he's going to cut them off from him. And just going to distance him and, and, and just cut them off. But if you do a deeper study into the text, I love God's word. If you do a deeper study into the text and look at the literary context and look at the original Greek language, that word takes away. Or in the King James it says it away. translates to the Greek word ero. And I know I love saying that word too, ero. And that word translates and literally means to raise up or to lift up or to elevate up. And it's just like a good gardener that sees a branch of his in the vine that he knows should be producing fruit to lift it up so that way he can receive the sunlight necessary in order for it to produce fruit. How many people are thankful that we serve a God that doesn't kick us while we're down, but rather he comes down, he lifts us up with his love, with his mercy, with his grace, so that way we can get back up and produce more fruit. That's just a little bit of it, y'all, but I'm excited. God lifts us up. Somebody say, God lifts us up. And then it follows with this. It says, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Somebody say prunes. And we're going to be focusing and coming back to that later. And then it says that it may bear more fruit. So he prunes fruits uh, branches that are bearing fruit, so that way it can bear more fruit. And it says, you are already clean of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, Jesus talking, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the true vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. In other words, Jesus is saying true life and true spiritual growth comes from being connected to him. See, our mantra here at Riverside Church is where people grow because we believe that every single one of you guys in the building under the sound of my voice were created for growth in every area, mentally, Physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, you were created for growth. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, whenever God created Adam and Eve, he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And he wasn't just talking about them having tons of ninos. <laughs> he was telling them that whatever whatever area or aspect or facet of life that you're in, you are called to grow. Somebody say, I'm called to grow. You're called to grow. See. And as I thought about growth and as I looked at John chapter 15, I began to study and look into different vineyards and and gardens and and the pruning process. And it's pretty crazy. I learned more, y'all, studying for this sermon than I did in all my years in biology class in school. And I'm going to share a little bit with you guys. I hope I don't lose or confuse anybody, but it's powerful, y'all. It's so powerful. One of the things that I learned is that vine dressers and gardeners, what they will do Instead of planting new seeds to produce a new vine, as many times, they will find a young and a healthy branch that's attached to a vine, and they will actually cut off that young and healthy branch. And then they'll find an old um, existing trunk, a vine trunk, and they'll actually cut a notch inside the vine trunk and it'll also cut a notch on the vine branch and then what they'll do is they'll bring them together they'll wrap them around one another they actually call it grafting they graft them together so they will actually graft a new branch with an old trunk so that way that branch can produce the fruit that the trunk produces why would they do that why don't they just plant new seeds to produce new vines here here's the reason and here's the logic behind that. We're getting a little scientific, but you follow me this this Wednesday evening? Here's the logic behind that. It's because of the pollination process and cross-pollination depending on the type of pollination that's taking place, that will determine the type of fruit that is produced from that seed. So people can actually, in vineyards, in different gardens, in different areas, they can actually plant a seed that is a grape seed. And because of the pollination process, it can actually become a different fruit whenever it begins to produce fruit and it is mature. You can look into it yourself. So the only way, get this, I'm going somewhere, the only way... For them to guarantee the type of fruit that is grown on that branch is for them to find a trunk and they will marry and they will graft that branch with that trunk. Because if that trunk produces that type of fruit, then whenever they graft and put that branch to that trunk, it will produce that same fruit as well rather than them planting some seed in the ground. See, and I think that whenever we understand that, it will give us a whole new perspective whenever it comes to reading this text and Jesus saying this. He says, abide in me as I abide in you. See, it illuminates the text in a whole new way. Even in Romans chapter 11, you know what the apostle Paul tells the Gentiles? Guess what? We are Gentiles. Gentiles are people who are not uh, Jews. He tells them that they have been grafted into the tree of Abraham. He says that we were once wild, olive shoots, we were doing our own thing, but then we were grafted into the family of God. See, we went through the process of being a branch, doing our own thing, but one day we accepted Jesus in the vine dresser. Our God, our loving father came and connected us to him. So whenever you read John chapter 15, you need to realize that you are that branch, that we were all far from God, but I thank God that one day we were grafted into his heavenly family. And and what I mean by that is this. That's good. That's good. What that means is this. You, since you've been grafted into the family of God, now you must produce fruit in your life. You were called to produce fruit in your life. You were not called, hear me out, you were not called to be stagnant or stale, and stay and remain in the same place. See, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you way too much to keep you the way that you are. He has called you to bear fruit in your life, to bear the fruit of the Spirit in your life, and to grow and to mature and bear fruit. But here's what people tend to forget sometimes. With growing and bearing fruit comes the pruning process. With growing... And bearing fruit comes the pruning process. In fact, we just read it in in verse 2. Go back to verse 2. It says this. Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And that's what we're focusing on. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That it may what? Bear more fruit. Here's what pruning is. Pruning is the process where gardeners and vine dressers will come and they'll trim and cut away dead and overgrown parts of the vine or or the tree so that way it can have more room to produce more fruit the things that may be in the way and honestly that can be painful for me and you sometimes Sometimes God has to do surgery on our hearts. Sometimes God has to do some surgery in our life. Sometimes God has to shift and move some things around. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes we don't understand it. We don't comprehend it. Some of us are going through hard seasons. Some of us are going through some things. But if we only realize that it was part of the pruning process because God loves you so much, he wants you to produce fruit. And this is something I've experienced in my life. And I know that we're all going to experience, we're going to be prunes. So the message title for tonight is this. If you want to write this down, it's this. I know that was a longer introduction. It's growing pains. Growing pains. Tell the person next to you, it's time to grow. It's time to grow. See, I, I, I'm thankful that I'm six feet tall. I'm thankful that I'm taller than my dad. But what you don't realize is all the growing pains that I had growing up, Where I had some aches and pains in my body. My mom would tell me, son, it's just growing pains. See, growing is exciting. Growing is good, but there's another side of growth that at times feels painful. If you want to grow, if you want to bear more fruit in life, if you want to become a mature follower of Jesus, you will experience the pruning process and you will experience growing pains. So with that being said, can we pray? God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I know, God, that you have spoken to me to deliver this word. God, I just pray that you would just anoint these words and that whenever we walk out of here, we'd walk out different than the way that we walked in, God. We praise you. We love you. We honor you. It's in your name we pray. Anybody said? Amen. Has anybody ever been to the chiropractor? Show of hands. Have you ever been to the chiropractor? Anybody not a fan of the chiropractor? I know some people that don't believe in the chiropractor. Let me share with you one of the experiences that I had uh, because I had to go to the chiropractor. Um, So I was in my freshman year of high school, and I was in my first period art class. And one of the ways that I would start off the day, I know this may gross some people out, it may sound weird, but I would always pop my knuckles, I would pop my wrist, and what I would do is I would twist and pop my neck on both sides. Anybody ever done that? I don't know. Some people do it, and it's crazy. Some people like, "Eh, no, don't do that around me. Like, you know what I mean? But I would do that, and I won't forget this one time I decided to crack my neck, y'all. And I was sitting in class, and I went like this, I popped one side, and I went to the other side, and I don't know what happened, y'all. I'm not a chiropractor, but whenever I did it, it wouldn't go back to, to how it should go. And, and it was like a sharp pain down my, my spine, and go, oh my gosh, and somebody's like, Caleb, what's wrong? And I couldn't turn, I was, I was limited on my movement, I was like, dude, I don't know what I just did, but I just did something, I freaked out. I had to go to the nurse, um, we called my dad, my dad picked me up, and we took me to the chiropractor, y'all. That's one of the places we went And because my dad's been to the chiropractor. And I won't forget, we went to the chiropractor's office. I was a little bit nervous. I was like, is this how I'm going to be like forever? Like, you know? And, and, and he says, you know, he's the chiropractor, tries to calm me down. He says, hey, I've, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. I'm like, I feel bad for people that have ever experienced that. He said, you know, you just twisted it and, and you did it in the wrong way and it became stuck. And he explained it to me, I kind of forgot all the details of how it took place. But he said, we can fix it. We can make it better, don't freak out, but you're gonna have to trust me. You're gonna have to get in kind of an uncomfortable uh, situation with me grabbing your neck and twisting it a certain way, so that way I can align things and correct things and put things back in order. And, you know, I was like, okay, sure, and I won't forget, I sat down, he grabbed my neck, and I was like, Jesus, please, this is not how I want to go out, Lord. I know that you have, you know what I mean? I was like, I do not want to go out this way, and I won't forget, he said, just trust me, trust me. I'm like, it's way easier to say that when you're the one doing it. And then I decided, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go through with it, and let him do his thing. He said, it's going to be painful, but trust me, it's going to be worth it. So he twisted it, and it hurt for a moment, it hurt for a little bit, but I won't forget, afterward, y'all, it was crazy, I was able to, like, move and look back and forth and look around uh, because I was willing to go through that moment of pain, of being uncomfortable. I guess what I'm trying to get across to you guys this Wednesday evening is that in order for my neck to heal and get better, I had to go through a moment of being uncomfortable and experiencing pain. And the same could be said about growth. Because if you want to become who God has called you to be, and if you want to go where God has called you to go, and destined you to go, you're going to have to go through some things, and you're going to have to embrace and endure some things that really aren't that comfortable. And I've realized and I've seen that some people would much rather stay stuck in one place because they're afraid of what's going to take place if they have to change or if they have to grow and, you know, if they have to surrender something or have to be obedient or if they have to give something up and they think it's going to be too much pain. But I came to tell somebody, there's nothing as painful as remaining in the same place year after year after year and remaining stuck and being idle and just being stagnant. I'm telling you right now, can you imagine what would have happened if I would have said, you know what, I think I can fix, I'm not going to go to the chiropractor. I'll be preaching to you guys like this, this Wednesday evening. You know what I mean? Like I had to go to the chiropractor. And if we want to grow, we have to go through certain things. I love what this author said, this Christian author. She put it like this. She said, and this is Mandy Hare, She said, growth is sometimes painful. Change is sometimes painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you do not belong. I'm going to read that again. Growth is sometimes painful. Change is sometimes pay- painful, but nothing as is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. You, you mean to tell you how, how, how you can know if you're growing, if your marriage is growing, if your career is growing, if you're educated like, let me tell you how you can know if you're growing. Let me, let, me, let me just share it to you like this. You can tell if you're growing, if you're seeing positive change take place in your life. I'm going to say it again. If you want to know if you're growing, you can know and measure if you're growing by the positive change that's taking place. Because get this, healthy things grow and growing things change. Healthy things grow and growing things change. And change at times feels uncomfortable. Sometimes it feels unbearable at times. But healthy things grow and growing things change. And if you want to tell if you're growing, is there positive change taking place in your marriage? Is there positive change taking place in your family? Is there positive change taking place at your workplace? Healthy things grow and growing things change. And Jesus tells us to us like this. He says, in every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So we all have to go through the pruning process if we want to produce fruit in our lives and see the fruit of the Spirit become more evident. So if that's the case, this is what I want to do. Here's my objective. This is my aim. This is, this is literally that where we're going. This is what I'm trying to do. I want us to understand what the pruning process is so that way we can be ready as we go through pruning seasons in life because if all of us, if we're going to produce fruit and grow, we have to go through the pruning process. So if that's the case, I think it's very important for us to understand what the pruning process is and why pruning happens. And as I studied it, It shocked me to see how much it correlated to the text that we read today. So you guys ready to go through a couple of steps? I'm going to go through three things. I'm going to give you three points this Wednesday evening. After I give you these three points, we're going to be able to get out of here. But I believe that this right here is going to be able to change so many people's lives. I believe that these three things, if we don't do them, it's going to hinder and restrict a lot of growth in our lives. So I begin to study it and look into the pruning process. Here's the first thing and the first step, the first phase in the pruning process. It's this. Somebody say this with me. The clean-up phase. So if you're taking notes, write that down. The first step in the pruning process is the clean-up phase. We talked about it. We have to go through the pruning process. See, the first step in the pruning process is to clean up. And this is where you remove any dead, diseased, or damaged branches or limbs. But you have to understand that there's also these little things called suckers. Somebody say suckers. There's these little things called suckers that grow at the base of the vine or at the bottom of the trunk. And you have to remove them. It's very important that you remove these little suckers from this vine because if you don't, you need to understand that all they do is literally suck up and take away all the important nutrients before it can get to the branches that are actually producing fruit. And if you don't cut off, the suckers, what's actually going to happen is it's going to begin to overgrow and overtake and take over the rest of the vine. And to be honest, I've realized and I've noticed that there are things in our lives that are literally sucking the life out of us. There are some suckers in our lives at times. And many times, God is trying to remove and lift off certain things from our lives, some things that may be sucking the life out of us. And we have to be obedient and allow him to do what he has to do, just like I had to trust the chiropractor. He said, trust me. A lot of times, we just have to trust in God because we know it's going to hurt a little bit. It's not going to feel as good, but it's necessary because there's some things that are literally sucking the life out of it. Somebody say remove it. It has to be removed. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship or an unhealthy thought process. And I don't know what that thing is for you. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an unhealthy thought process. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship. And more than likely, I don't even have to tell you what it is, because right now, maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now. And guess what? You're still you're still connected to the trunk. You're still connected to the vine. You're, we're we're not saved by our performance. We're saved because of the grace of God, because of the price that Jesus paid. But Jesus didn't just come to give us life. He came to give us life more abundantly, and I'm afraid that some of us may have some suckers in our life, and we're allowing them to rob from us and take away from us, and God's trying to get some nutrients to us, and yet the nutrients can't make its way to the branch. It can't make its way to you and me because we're allowing some suckers to come and take it away, and maybe God is trying to remove some suckers from your life right now, and maybe you're saying things like, God, this is too painful, I don't want to go through with this. This does not feel good. This is not easy. But if we could just trust in God and allow him to do his thing, I promise you, if we allowed God to remove some certainty, the blessings of God isn't always in what he gives, but sometimes it's in, it's in what he takes away. We have to allow it so that way we can receive everything that God has for us. This is something that I had to go through. You know, in fact, before I ever got into ministry, whenever I was younger, there was a, there was a lady that was an accurate, woman of, like, prophetic woman of God. She traveled all around the country, all around the world. She gave prophetic words, and she came to this church one time years ago. I won't forget it. And she was so spot on on so many different things, not just when it came to future things and things I'm walking in right now, but also things I experienced in the past to affirm with the word that she was giving me. And I won't forget, one of the things that she spoke over to me is this. She said, Caleb, there's gonna be some people in your life that are gonna be restricting you and holding you back from walking into the fullness of God that God has for you. And this past year in 2019, I had to distance myself because I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I felt like the time had come where where I saw some things taking place, where there were some unhealthy relationships, where there were some people that really weren't adding value to my life, but they were taken away. They weren't really for me as much as they were against me. And I felt like God said, you know what? You remember that word? I think it's time. And I promise you what. I, I Get this. Since I've done that, I've seen myself grow in so many ways that I wouldn't have if I allowed those relationships and people to influence me. And I'm just being transparent with y'all. Of course, we love people. We're not spiteful or mean to people. You know what I mean? Like, but, but, but we have to do a lot of times, y'all. We, see, we have to be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and the pressures of the Holy Spirit. If, if God's nudging you to do something, do it out of love. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about relationships, but there's other things, attitudes, habits, addiction. You me tell you what it takes to beat an addiction. And I'm spending a little bit longer on this point. i got two more to give, y'all. Do you want to know what it takes to beat an addiction? It takes another addiction. And what I tell people is, man, if you just get addicted to God you would get addicted to Jesus. You get addicted to his word, you get addicted to his presence, you get addicted to worshiping God. It's not all about re- resisting, it's really about replacing because I promise you whatever God has taken from you in your life, he's going to replace it with something so much better. He has a plan, he has a purpose, he has a destiny for I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord. See God has a plan for your life. Hebrews chapter twelve verse eleven says this. See, so you can't be fully fruitful if you allow suckers to come in and rob you. It says this. For it says this in Hebrews chapter eleven, uh, for verse uh, chapter twelve verse eleven. It says this. For the moment, all discipline seems to be painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruits. Say somebody say fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. In other words. We're gonna be disciplined because God chastises those that he loves. We're gonna have to go through some things, but God knows what's best for us. And it may not feel good in the moment, but later on, whenever we get past that that thing and we allow God to do some surgery, we're gonna be so thankful that he pruned us and he he, and he allowed us to, to, to 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 you know just follow after him and we trusted in him. Somebody say clean out. Here's the second phase of the pruning process. It's called the thinning out phase. Somebody say thin out. Now what's happening in this phase is that there are things called water sprouts. These are things called water sprouts and what they do is they grow from these branches. They grow from the branches and they seem like they're growing. They seem like they're gonna bear fruit but all they do is they produce leaves and these leaves literally block the sunlight from hitting the branch so that way it can become more fruitful. They go straight up in bare leaves and it keeps the sun from reaching the branch to make it produce more fruit. So in the thin out phase, this is what vine dressers do. They will go out into the vineyard and they'll begin to remove all the water sprouts, the things that look like they're growing, but but the real in reality they're just water sprouts that are just going to, cover, the, leaf, cover the, the sun from getting to the branches with, with leaves, and they'll remove them. And when it comes to things in our lives, y'all, we need to understand this. And when it comes to our lives, there are things that aren't necessarily bad. Like you wouldn't look at it and say like, oh, that's evil, that's wrong, whatever. There's some things in our lives that, that aren't necessarily bad, but they're blocking the light of God from shining in our hearts the way that God wants to shine, them, shine on our hearts. They could be blocking and occupying and taking up space, and it could be blocking from what God is wanting to do in our hearts. And here's, here's, here's what I've heard sometimes. You know, I've heard this sometimes, not anybody in the building or anything like that. Here's how I can tell sometimes that some people have some water sprouts. And they're not sucking the life out of you necessarily. They're just keeping the light from shining on you in your life. Whenever people say things like this, I can't come to church because I'm too busy. I can't serve because I'm too busy. Even if it's once every two months or three months, I can't serve. I can't be a part of what God, I can't pray. I don't have time to pray. I'm too busy. I don't have time to read the Bible. I'm too busy. I can't do outreach because I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I have this going on and this going on. And if you find yourself saying that a lot of times, I understand you guys are busy. I understand you have to have a job. You have to have income. You have to provide for your family. But many times we have a lot of water sprouts in our lives with things that really aren't priority, that are taking up a lot of our our thinking and taking up a lot of our devotion and taking a lot of our focus, and they're not necessarily bad, but they're taking up so much space. And if you're saying to yourself, you know, Caleb, Pastor Caleb, I I can't do this, I can't do that, and you don't have any time for the things of God and and even coming to church and, and doing different things and invest where you need to invest in, I would say that you may have some water sprouts and some things that may be blocking his light from reaching your life so that way you can be more fruitful and here's the things like you could be a branch and you could be producing fruit but there could be some things sprouting up that could be blocking the light from coming and hitting the branch so that way you can produce more fruit and here's a couple of examples that I wrote down as I was thinking about this I think our phones a lot of times is a is a big water water spout like you know what I mean like, we, we're, they're always in our pocket. I'm not saying we should go and get rid of our phones and go completely wireless or get a little flip phone or anything like that. All I'm saying is a lot of times it occupies our time. And here's another thing, social media. We go on social media. We go on there. And here's the thing. It's not necessarily evil. It's not necessarily wrong. It could be used for good and bad and, you know, different things. But 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 we have social media. Um, you know, even Netflix at times. Come on. I know there's some TV shows, though, that are straight up evil. We shouldn't be watching. Um I saw a show in there. The other day I was scrolling past. I was like, Lucifer. I was like, not today, Satan. I was like, I'm not watching that. Um, And, um, you know, even sometimes when it comes to our careers and jobs, I would put that as sometimes a water sprout. Sometimes when we get so caught up in, in climbing up the corporate ladder and working and working and working that we don't know how to take time to rest and we take on extra hours and we go overtime so much so that we start to lose our soul and lose our focus and lose focus on what's important. There are some things that we have to be able to allow God to come in and, you know, make a little bit of shaping, move and restructure a couple of things. We change up our schedule some because there could be some water sprouts in this thinning out phase that could be blocking the light of God from coming and and, and and having his way and I'm not telling anybody what specifically what that is for you but I'm just saying that there are some things they're not necessarily bad they're not necessarily good but they could be taking up a lot of space as well anybody receive this word this Wednesday evening this makes sense to y'all They may have the appearance of productivity, but there is no fruit from it. So the question is, what are the things that aren't producing fruit or positive change in my life that I need to learn how to manage? Here's the last one. I love this one, and we're going to be done after this. The third part of the pruning process is the bringing in phase. The bring in phase. Somebody say bring in. And in this part of the pruning process, what vine dressers will do is they will go and find a healthy, fruitful branch, and sometimes it's producing a lot of fruit, and they'll go and they'll cut off two feet from that branch, and, and they'll cut it off. Why would they do that? Why would they, why would they cut off two feet? It's, it's healthy, it's growing, it's fruitful, could be producing fruit. Here, here's the reason why. Because if they let that branch grow out too much, it can actually become unhealthy growth, become 30 feet out, and the the, the branch could be as thin as a pencil. And whenever it comes harvest time and it begins to produce fruit, the branch will snap and break under the pressure. So what they'll do is they'll cut off two feet from the branch. So that way, instead of growing outwardly, the branch begins to grow inwardly, it becomes stronger, it becomes wider, so that way, as it continues to grow, it can begin to take on more fruit as well. And some people, they want more fruit, they wanna step into more. But if God gave you what you desired and what you're asking for, and if he gave you the amount of fruit that he wants to give you 20 years from now or 10 years from now, whenever you're ready, we would crack and we would break under the pressure. How many people are thankful for the, for the unanswered prayers for the moments where we ask God for something, but he desired to say no? He shut the door. He said wait a little bit because he wants to develop the character inside of you and integrity inside of you. See, sometimes God will go through the process of... Of not allowing certain things to happen or waiting, where we wait for certain things to happen so that way we can go in this phase of being brought in. So we can be brought in. See, God knows that the fruitful season is coming, but He also knows that if He doesn't do some pruning, that when the harvest comes, you won't be able to handle it. See, some people say things like this Why haven't I found, and I'm not saying this is the exact answer, I'm just saying this is an example. Why haven't I found my husband? why haven't I found my wife? Maybe it's because God's allowing you to go through that season of singleness so that way you can fall in love with him more and that way you can just, you know, fall after him and he can prepare you for the next person. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing that out there. Some people say, God, why, why haven't I been blessed with that promotion, or with this job opportunity, maybe he's trying to make you become better and wiser and, and develop more character. Or God, why aren't you blessing my finances? And, and, and God may see you, and he, I'm not saying this is, this is what he does, but I'm just saying this could be the case. Maybe you were saying, God, why aren't you blessing my finances? And yet, we're we're, 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 stu- we're not stewarding and honoring God correctly the way that we need to honor him. And he knows that if he blessed us with, with this opportunity or that opportunity, if, if we can't manage and handle the fruit that we have now, why in the world would God give us something that we're not ready for? Maybe God will allow you to go through a season of pruning so that way he can develop you and mature you. See, we want fruit, but God wants to make sure that we're strong enough to bear the fruit, and that's the bringing phase. And sometimes this is what the bringing phase looks like, y'all. Sometimes the bringing phase looks like a hard or a rough and a tough season. Sometimes we go through a, a hard season and we say things like, God, why are you allowing me to go through this? And, and some of us will even give the devil credit for what we're going through because we think that the devil caused everything. You know, because I think sometimes we give the devil way too much credit for things. And he may be down there and be like, they're giving me credit again. I didn't even have to do anything for that. You know, I had a friend of mine that she didn't change the engine oil in, in her car. And she drove it for like two years or something like that. And eventually, like, the engine exploded and she was so mad. And, like, some people experienced stuff like that. Like, man, the devil did it. It's like, no, you just need to learn how to change your oil or go get it changed or something. Like, sometimes we give the devil too much credit. C.S. Lewis put it like this. He said, sometimes people give the devil too much attention. And sometimes people give the devil too little attention and some people even think that God is punishing them but maybe the reason that you're going through a hard and a tough season isn't because God is punishing you but it's because he's preparing you so that way you can be pruned and that way you can bear more fruit for the future. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Sometimes God allows us to go through those certain things, the season of pruning. See, sometimes we don't get pruned because we did something wrong but sometimes we are getting pruned and we're almost done. Haley, you can come up. Sometimes we get pruned not because we're doing something wrong, but because we're doing something right. Maybe the reason that you're going through a pruning season is because you're bearing much fruit. And God knows that you can bear even more fruit, so he allows there to be a pruning season. And James chapter 1 talks about this, and it says this in James chapter 1. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that way you may be, be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's a powerful scripture. Y'all. I'm telling you, you need to hold that scripture in your heart, if you're ever, ever going through anything hard or bad, because we serve a God that can turn all things together for good for, th- for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. See, in order for us to be mature and complete, lacking nothing, we have to go through trials. Here's what you need to do when you go through a hard season. When you're going through a bringing in season, because maybe you're feeling like that right now. I'm going through this season, it's hard. You need to lean into God more. That's the whole purpose it was to get closer and to get stronger and wider, get closer to the vine. And we are the branches, He is the vine. It's very important. The question I have for you tonight is this as we get ready to close What are you trusting in? Who are you leaning into? If you're going through a financial struggle, are you leaning into your bank account? Are you leaning into the stock market? Are you leaning into God? If your family is going through a hard time, are you leaning on yourself and your own strength, but are, are you leaning into God? If you're going through a challenging time in your health, maybe maybe you know someone that has COVID, or maybe you had COVID, or whatever it may be. If, if you're going through a hard time and you're, you're, you're facing a health crisis, are you just leaning on the medicine and leaning On the doctors, are you leaning into your healer? I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I go to the doctor. I trust in doctors. And God uses doctors. But at the end of the day, I want God to get all my praise. I want him to get my full focus and adoration because he is worthy to be praised. The question I have for you tonight is this. What are you leaning into? Because I promise you, we're all going to go through the pruning And we can stay in a pruning season way longer than we need to if we don't yield to his spirit, we don't yield to his voice, we don't surrender, become obedient, just like I had to to the chiropractor. He said, hey, just trust in me, just trust in me. Because that's why the children of Israel, that's one of the reasons they were in the wilderness, they were in the desert for 40 years. Because God brought them out of Egypt, but he couldn't get the Egypt fully out of them. They had to go, you know what they went through? pruning season, a pruning season, a whole generation couldn't enter into the promised land due to some suckers and some things and thinning and bringing in that they weren't willing to yield and trust in God for, that's what I believe, you have to learn to trust God, here's, here's what I know. whatever you lean on, when you lean into God more, you will trust in God more, and whenever you trust in God more, your faith will be stronger, and whenever your faith is stronger, you can handle the weight of more fruit. If you want to be more fruit, trust in God, lean in God. See, I lean not on my own understanding and all my ways. I acknowledge him, and God will direct my paths. Can I hear an amen? Come on, you can stand at your feet this Wednesday evening. I know we went kind of in depth I know we spit a lot of facts and biology and different things, but I pray that you grabbed a hold of something. I hope it made sense to you. See, we're going to go through growing pains. We may have to go through a pruning season. But God, he, he knows what's best for you. And maybe right now you feel like you can subscribe to one of the the pruning process that I mentioned, maybe you feel like you're going through a cleaning out season. Maybe you feel like you have some suckers and and maybe God's been trying to remove some certain things from your life and every time you're saying, God, no, I just wanna keep it. I'm not gonna, I don't wanna let you, I don't wanna let you remove it. Maybe tonight is the night where you just say, God, I don't have all the answers. I don't understand it all, but I'm gonna trust in you. I'm gonna take that first step and maybe a process, but I promise you, God will bring you out of it. Or maybe you're in the thinning out season. Maybe, maybe, maybe you, Maybe God's trying to prune you by thinning out certain things. Maybe we become so occupied with our education and with work and with entertainment and and with different things, even in our phones. And maybe you need to take a little fast for a little bit from social media so that way you can focus on what's really important. Maybe you're going through a, a, a bringing in season. You're going through trials. Maybe it feels like some things aren't working out. Could it be it's because God is blocking some things and not allowing some opportunities because he knows that you can't handle the fruit yet. But there will be a time if you just lean into him, you trust in him, you allow him to do the surgery, God will open up the windows of heaven, and he will pour out a blessing. Trust in him. Trust in him with your health. Trust in him with your finances. Trust in him with your relationships. Trust in him for your future. You need to learn how to trust in God. We all do. Trust in him. Can we pray with every head bowed and every eye closed? Jesus, I believe that you're amazing, and you're you're faithful, and you're perfect, and There's no one like you, God. I know that as we get through a pruning season, God, COVID-19 may be a pruning season for some, God, where they've been able to take inventory of certain things that maybe they haven't taken inventory in in a while. And we take the time to come out of this other side, God, of this wilderness, God, and come out, God, into our promised land, God, stronger and wiser. I just pray right now, God, that whenever we get out of this, I know that we're gonna become more fruitful than before, God, even as a church you're going to get all the praise and we're just going to worship you. But I pray right now over every person, God, if there's anybody in here that may be having some suckers and different things that are restricting their growth, I just pray that you would give them the grace and the confidence and, and the wisdom to make the right decisions, God. Maybe it's, it's thinning out, God. Maybe they've allowed some things to occupy them, God, more than what they needed to occupy. I just pray right now, God, that you would just give them wisdom, God, and you give them strength. And even when it comes to the bringing in season, I pray right now, God, it's because you care for us and you love us. I pray right now for just fruit, God, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, God, love and joy and peace, God, and all the fruits, God, I pray right now for them to be so evident in our lives, God. You are the vine, we are the branches. We love you and we praise you, God. Have your way. Somebody say, prune me, Lord. Man, that's a dangerous prayer to pray. Come on, somebody say, prune me, Lord. Prune me, Lord. I know that you're going to produce fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to give somebody an opportunity right now to make Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. We always take an opportunity. We believe it's so important to press pause and give somebody an opportunity who may be watching online or maybe even in this building. Maybe a teenager, a child, a parent, grandparent. Maybe you haven't taken that first step. Maybe you've been kind of on the sidelines checking things out from afar. Maybe you're watching online and you want to take that first step in in receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. See, John chapter three, verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. All we have to do is receive the free gift of salva- that salvation that Jesus gives us, not about achieving, but receiving. And guess what? We can start a relationship with God right now, today, in this moment. We don't have to look back. Our, our past sins and mistakes and wrongs, are been—they've been they've been covered. And we can start a relationship with God and have an eternal hope for the future. So maybe you want to pray that prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. And maybe you just want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Or maybe you just want to pray this prayer again. Maybe you prayed it a million times. You want to pray it again. Pray it with me. You want to repeat after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. I repent. I turn away from all my wicked ways. I love you. I believe, Jesus, that you are Lord. I believe that you died. And I believe that you rose. I love you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. I hope that you guys received something for tonight. I love you guys. God bless. Here- Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.